Welcome back to another edition of For the People Football. This is Tyler and this my boy. Steven. Uh, today we decided to go with one of the questions that one of our boys asked us. Um, it was basically just, out of the pool of the last 10 years, what would be your super team? Like fantasy team for the last 10 years. Yeah, we, we put some rules together. So I have Steve go over the rules that we put together. So we went last 10 years, so as long as the players fit in the last 10 years, can be anyone playing this year. Up until 2009. 10 to 20 is so, where I was at. Yeah, you're in that range. Um, we each went full 11 teams, so 11 or 22 teams, defense and offense. We had enrolled and we decided we could have the same players as each other if we, we ended up going that route, if we each picked the same center or something along those lines. Um, but we couldn't have players um, from the same team. So no two Broncos, no two Patriots, no two Packers, no two Saints, anything along those lines. So we ended up coming with some teams. We have some people that are on this list, maybe a little controversial, um, that we skipped in some areas, kind of went with uh, somebody maybe was not as good, but we already filled a player from that team at a different position. It made it real rough, especially on the O-line. The O-line was tough to put together. <laughs> um, on the O-line, we didn't necessarily break it down as, you know, left to right as far as lines go. We just went two tackles, two guards, and a center. Um, kind of the same on defense. Um, two ends and a tackle, depending on how you went with it. Yeah, we both went 3-4, so we're both going to have two ends and a tackle, and then two outside linebackers, two inside linebackers. Because that's the best type of defense there is. I don't know about all that. (laughs) (laughs) You're on a 3-4. The defenses are particularly stacked. Um, A lot of players, I think, we both went, um, especially on the the front seven that are still in the NFL. Um, Guys that, in the last 10 years, a lot of these guys are still in the NFL, but a couple are definitely retired. Um... No, we'll go from there and see what happens. So, uh, do you want to start off with offense? Do you want to start off with defense? We can kick it off with offense. Just knock out the O line first. <laughs> get that out the way. So, I think the offensive line there's going to be where the less amount of arguing or um, criticism may come from one one side or the other. I think we both went with. Did you go with Jeff Saturday at center? Yeah, we both went yeah, with Jeff Saturday at that's center. That's the greatest center of all time, um, if you ask me. <laughs> there were some players there that you know you could have gone with the Colts. That made a lot of sense. Uh, you could have gone Reggie Wayne. You could have Marvin Harrison hasn't played in a while. We could have gone Reggie Wayne. Um, you know some defensive guys in the ball. Uh, Robert Mathis, Leonard, you know, Robert <laughs> Mathis, Dwight Freeney, Peyton Manning. Yeah, there was some good players. Uh, but there's a lot of other players and some teams I didn't want to give up at center. Uh, yep. There were some Jets I didn't want to pass up on, something along those lines. So I didn't want to you know, go, go ahead and grab like Nick Mangold at center. <laughs> so I went with Jeff Saturday. Um, I mean, the guy was a Super Bowl champ, six-time Pro Bowler, uh, two-time NFL All-Pro first team, two-time NFL All-Pro second team, and was the two seven, 2007 NFL Offensive Lineman of the Year. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the best, uh, best Colts of all time, easily top. Probably a top 30 Colts all time and what he did with Peyton Manning there. I feel like if Peyton Manning trusts you, you've got to be pretty amazing at what you do. So um, I tried to cheat a little bit on that one because I wanted Peyton Manning with the Colts, <laughs> but Tyler wouldn't allow me. I was going to put uh, I was going to put him in there as a Packer. Tyler said it was cheating. He had to do with the majority of their career yeah. or something. Something, you know, they had to be that'd be good for the team they played on. You had to be able to justify it. And for me, Jeff Saturday, yeah, he was a pro bowler with the Packers. <laughs> That's all, but, the, all the justification but, I need. <laughs> But, I mean, the guy played the majority of his career with Peyton Manning there in Indianapolis. Uh, for me, Jeff Saturday's a cult. There is some that, uh, there are some guys that we picked that we were like, ah, you could throw it either way, and we did. We kind of threw him where we needed to. I think there's, we were able to justify some of it, you know? Yeah. You can't take a guy like, uh, 
a Champ Bailey who was technically uh, a, uh, a Saint, but he barely made the practice roster yeah, before he for could, 10 minutes. could do that. But if you wanted to throw him as a Redskin, I would have taken care of that one, or a Bronco, uh, yeah. to open up some uh, um, possibilities there. So who did you have at your tackles? So my two tackles, I took uh, Big Mean himself, Tyrone Smith, and then I took Joe Thomas. Um, I feel like both guys are no-brainers. Both of them have been anchors on their offensive lines for a long time. Joe Thomas, obviously, not in the league anymore, but he was the anchor of that Browns line his whole career. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd agree with Joe Thomas. Uh, obviously, he is one of the... I, you could point to be one of the top three, um, if not top two, left tackles in football. Yeah. Him and Jonathan Ogden was a for a long time. Um, couldn't really go with Jonathan Ogden. Just missed out on him being a, in the 10 years, or would have gone with Jonathan Ogden as one of my tackles. But we went Joe Thomas. He was my left tackle. My right tackle... Technically right tackle, even though he played left for a long time, uh, was Jason Peters with the Eagles. And I just, again, like I said, the offensive line, I don't think we're going to hold a lot of argument from. Uh, but Jason Peters had him in the Eagles, which hurt because I originally had Asante Samuel on defense yeah. with the with the Eagles, but I just couldn't. That's where the tough part came. It goes, you're either going to pick a great offensive lineman or a great defensive player, and it's... I found that there was more great defensive players on other teams than there was, like, taking Tyron Smith as my cowboy. There's a lot of great yeah, cowboys. Yeah, there's a lot. You miss out on Zeke. You miss out on, like, Zach Martin. You miss out on Travis Frederick. You, like, Des Bryant. You yep. miss out on the Clayton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith. But to my credit, <laughs> <laughs> Tyron Smith is arguably the best left tackle in football um, on any given year. Right now. I mean, he's one of the better ones. He's been injured. Yeah, he's um, been banged up this year. Oft injured the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but so is that Cowboys offensive line. Zach Martin's pretty much the only mainstay right now. Yeah. Um, still one of the better offensive lines in football. Ask Zeke Elliott what he thinks of them. <laughs> and, you know, he'll buy them hey, they're doing something right side by sides every year. And they're definitely doing something right out there in Dallas. So who did you have as your guards then? So at guard, I had Josh Sitton. Uh, and then I took Richie Incognito as my other guard. Where'd you take Richie as? I took him as Bill. He's a Bill from um, Buffalo, so you wiped Buffalo off the... Yeah, took Buffalo off the, off the not table. not been very many great Buffalo players in the last, yeah, 10, in the last years, 10 years, so it's you been can't... Rough. I mean, you could... You could say Marshawn Lynch if you wanted to. Marshawn? Did Marshawn go Yeah. He was there for a minute. I mean, he was, but was he there in 2010 or 2009? No, he wasn't. But it, over his career, he's been there. That's true. That's um, true. Yeah, I, I, I guess so I yeah. took Richie Incognito... Um, didn't really read up a whole lot on Richie Incognito, but I was like, he's played in the NFL a long time. He obviously... We know who Richie Incognito is. He's he's nasty. He's, he's a dirty. big, mean, nasty dude. He's slightly a bully, but I mean, <laughs> it, when you get into guards, there's not a whole lot of talk on guards. So you have to go do some big research on them. Um, I went with two guys that continuously make Pro Bowls. They're not talked about a lot, and that's good for offensive linemen. If you... If your name isn't said as an offensive lineman, you're doing something right. Yeah. Not committing holding calls <laughs> and false starts and all that nonsense. I went with one of the guys that's been protecting Tom Brady for the last couple of years. Uh, one of the better guards in football, Logan Mankins. Um, he's an absolute mauler on the inside. He's really helped that running game. Um, he's been big for Sony Michelle the last you know, two seasons. Uh, ask anybody else that's ran behind Logan Mankins and ask Tom Brady. It's one of his. Yeah. He never has to worry on that side. And then somebody I talked about a couple, uh, couple minutes ago. Um, something that stands a lot, you know, on the other side of that line with, with Tyron Smith is Zach Martin. Um, he's a perennial pro bowler. Uh, again, you don't talk about him very often except for 
He's an Iron Man at this point in his career. Anchor that def- or offensive line. You could argue that you could take that whole Cowboys line. Any, Any person <laughs> on that Cowboys line you could take and throw in there. and it, Nobody's going to say you're wrong. <laughs> it's the one thing. I hate the Cowboys. I mean, I love Zeke Elliott. Um, Guy's a monster. Ohio State fan. Love Zeke Elliott. Like what they've done. That's the way if a team is rebuilding, I believe you should do it. Just first-round picks on offensive yeah. linemen. Just they built it right. Just go get it and then run behind it and get yeah. a young quarterback who uh, can learn behind it while he's on an easy contract and <laughs> before you before you have to pay him forty million dollars or four you know forty was million dollars a season. Something silly. Like forty million dollars a season. It was a little goofy. So that knocks off our our tackles or our offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Neither of us went at quarterback. Neither of us went Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. In the last ten years, no paint, no Tom Brady. You're talking about what six or seven MVPs in that in their career. So Tom Brady, what Peyton Manning had five. Tom Brady's got I think three or four. Yeah. So we're missing nine MVPs we didn't we didn't pick from. Uh, but I think part of that went with I was going offensive lineman. There's some other quarterbacks out there. I didn't want to just be kind of basic and go. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna pick Tom Brady. Of like, course. Yeah, if you give me Tom Brady or Peyton Manning every day of the week, I'm not going to complain. But who did you go with at quarterback? You know who I went with. <laughs> <laughs> I took the GOAT, Drew Brees. Uh, I was writing down his accomplishments. It would have been like a whole page and a half if I didn't condense it. Uh, you know, 12-time Pro Bowler, one-time NFL All-Pro first team, four-time NFL All-Pro second team, uh, two-time NFL Offensive Player of the Year, most completion percentage, or best completion percentage in a season, most 5,000-yard passing seasons. The guy, any record you can hold as a passer aside from the touchdown record and he, so far. <laughs> he'll grab that. He'll probably come grabbing that back fairly quickly now that he's back from injury. Assuming that he stays healthy and assuming that he plays next year, he'll either grab it late this season or if he plays next year, he'll grab it next season for sure. Like you said, the multiple 5,000-yard passing seasons. He's the only quarterback to ever have multiple 5,000-yard passing seasons. I think Patrick Mahomes takes that. Not this year, obviously, because he's missed a lot of games. But I think he's going to come back stringing That offense is built for him to throw for a million yards a season. Matthew Stafford is having the best year of his career um, as far as efficiency-wise. I don't think he'll get it this year. But if they continue to develop again next year, I think late. I think we're starting to see the rise of Matthew Stafford. I like that Lions offense. I like the, the receiving core that they put around him with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Yeah. Uh, you got TJ Hawkinson if he gets healthy. He, Tight ends, rookie tight ends don't have a whole lot of upside yeah. uh, in the NFL the first season. Uh, two, it takes sometimes it takes. I mean, look at George Kittle. He was That's true. he was nothing his rookie year, and he comes out last year and sets an NFL record for tight end for receiving he looks like, like an absolute yards. monster. <laughs> it, it takes some time. Um, I think it's that's a position we're trying not to go down a rabbit hole. I think it's one of the harder positions in football to learn coming out of college because in college you were either a blocking tight end, basically a six lineman. Or, or you're a receiver. You're a receiver. Yeah. Now when you come to the NFL, you can't do either or. I mean, it's, Jimmy Graham did it for a tiny bit, but then he's now become kind of, the, he's maybe a top 10 tight end, but he's not Obscure. the tight end. Yeah, he's not he the guy anymore. He can't block. you got to do both um, on a rabbit hole there. I <laughs> think, multiple, I'm back to Drew Brees there. I think Matthew Stafford catches another 5,000-yard season. I can see it. I can see it. Pretty shortly. I went with Russell Wilson at my quarterback. Uh, I think he's the best quarterback in football. I said that on the pod yesterday. Um, I don't think you can have a quarterback who isn't mobile anymore. Tom Brady and Drew Brees are both getting it done right now at the end of their career. Both guys have solid offensive lines in front of them. (laughs) 
they, they, they know how to pick apart a defense. You get a guy that comes in. I think a lot of these young college quarterbacks coming in the NFL aren't as smart as a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, and Peyton Manning because they're running the spread. They're looking off cue cards that have SpongeBob and Madonna on them. <laughs> and so they're seeing this. They a see picture this, of a garbage can. You know, like, oh, Marcus Peters. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're seeing these things. They're not as smart, so they can't just pick apart a defense. But if they can move with their feet and they can open something up and you have a receiving core that's willing to move with them, you got to get open. If they can move around, buy time in the pocket, get away from some of these fast, speedy outside linebackers. It's becoming the way the NFL is going. You've got to adjust to these linebackers that are running 4-3-40s. You've got to have somebody evasive because if Deion Jones is coming at you, you've got to be able to do something. I don't know that Drew Brees has a move in his arsenal that's going to get him away from Deion Jones one-on-one. It's really turning football into 11-on-11. For a long time, it was 11-on-10. Exactly. You had somebody watching a quarterback. um, It's what made Michael Vick and Steve Young um, so dangerous for a long time, is it really had to take these slow linebackers, and they had to start watching them. Michael Vick could outrun a linebacker for a long time. Russell Wilson, who's pretty damn fast, isn't outrunning most linebackers now. These guys have gotten quicker, but it evens the field. He could, yeah, he can get away. I mean, we talk about it all the time, third and six, third and five is a pretty good position to be in. If you have a quarterback who can pick up 15 yards on a quick scramble, 10 yards on a quick scramble to the outside, yep. gets the, that's another weapon. And I think that's the most important thing besides his big arm. Um, I mean, we saw it here today. Uh, we were watching it, Patrick and I. Russell Wilson with his feet and his ability to move, getting down outside the pocket. Another win over the Bucks today. And it was all because of Russell Wilson getting out of the pocket, making great plays. Um, so you went with Breeze. I went with Wilson. We went away, like I said, away from Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Maybe a little controversial there. I didn't want to just be basic Betty and, you know, grab my <laughs> pumpkin spice latte and pick Tom Brady and off the races. Hey. Away. Who'd you go with a running back? So running back, I've got the greatest running back I ever watched. It was the, the tail end of his career. Here comes Patrick. Pat. Patrick. <laughs> Killing it. The silent producer in the background, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick. I went with the greatest, <laughs> I went with the greatest running back I ever personally watched. Um... My boy, LaDainian Tomlinson, it was the end of his career. Um, I think he was with the Jets in 2011. Um, but I, I took him in his prime. He yeah, took him as a Charger. That's fair. Um, MVP, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time NFL All-First Team, uh, Offensive Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year, uh, the 2000s All-Decade Team. He's in the Los Angeles Chargers Hall of Fame. Everything you can do as a running back, LaDainian Tomlinson did. Do we know if his record for most touchdowns in a season still stands? Or did Sean Alexander break that shortly after? Because I know one of them said it, and the other one broke it very quickly after. I can't remember who had it. Because Todd Gurley didn't break it a couple years ago. Was That's it? your boy LaDainian Thompson with 28 rushing touchdowns. That's a fucking yeah, well, disgusting number. 28 rushing touchdowns, and had the receptions on top of it. He had a couple receiving touchdowns. It was like 31 touchdowns that season, I think it was. It's something along the line, 31-32. He was absolutely phenomenal that season. Um, back when they had to count fantasy on paper still, doing pencil math there, I'd hate to do that. Uh, but yeah, I think that's an easy pick. Um, I don't think he gets talked about enough for probably greatest running back of all time. I think he gets left out of that conversation, and it's unfortunate. Uh, but I think that some of it's, some of that is still recency biased, and running... Recent running backs don't get the love recent receivers do, right? We have a lot of people. A lot of people look at it and go, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. You kind of forget about some guys. Like, you'll never forget about Jerry Rice, but you forget about, like, Isaac Bruce. 
Yeah. Still not a Hall of Famer. Rod Smith, still not a Hall of Famer. Even Marvin Harrison gets forgotten a lot of times. Thanks. That guy had an incredible career. I would take I would take Isaac Bruce and Marvin Harrison over almost every receiver in the NFL. I mean, Julio Jones, you have to get up there. Mike Mike Thomas, you have to get up there. But Isaac Bruce, the dude was top three, top four in receiving at the end of his career. And I still is still up there yeah. at this point. I think he might be number four. Um, which you is, gotta figure that these guys that are playing now, they're gonna catch those records so fast. You think, but it's With not the way the league's going now, guys are averaging like thirteen hundred yards a season. Yeah, it takes a lot though. Because look what Randy Moss did. He still finished second all time. He played true. a long time, and he still played. He when he came to the league, he played on a team that was innovative. It was throw the ball downfield to Chris Carter and Randy Moss. To be fair, though, a had. lot of Randy Moss's career, he played with met quarterbacks. He had Dante Culpepper. He had what two seasons with Tom Brady? Yes. So he had two seasons with Tom Brady. Who else did he have at quarterback though? I mean, yeah, Dante Culpepper. He had Randall Cunningham when he first came for, to the league. Randall Cunningham tore his ACL that first season, though. <laughs> blew his leg up and blew the Vikings' chances of winning anything that year. I don't remember if he had Rich Gannon when he went to the when he went to the Raiders. I believe it was tail end of Rich Gannon's career there. Um, he forced his way out, but Rich Gannon, who wasn't a terrible quarterback, uh, you have to go find. I want to say that was the Jamarcus, Jamarcus Russell, Russell year. I, I Russell, think. you'll have to go find because I'm not quite sure when Rich Gannon retired and when Randy Moss played for. On paper, that should have worked. <laughs> <laughs> On paper, the cannon that Jamarcus Russell had and Randy Moss's greatest nine route of all time, it should have yeah, worked. Randy Moss, Randy Moss was a freak. Yeah. Um, did he make your list? Randy Moss, Jerry Rice didn't make our See, list. Okay, so Randy Moss, though, for me. I struggled with where do I take Randy Moss? Do I take him as a Viking? Do I take him... Because you could justify taking him as a Patriot. You could take him as a Patriot. You could have taken him as a Raider if you wanted to, but yeah. that's... It wasn't great. That was 100%. The only reason I didn't take Randy Moss is I didn't know what team to throw him on. Yeah. Um, so I kind of... I just skated around that. I was like, I don't want to... And so there's some of these players when we go over and we look at it, it's like, oh man, I didn't take... I, I took um, a certain receiver. We'll get to receiver in a second. Thing, but I didn't take Randy... I didn't take Jerry Rice. And I don't think I had another niner on... Oh, no, I did. I did have another niner on my list, and that's why I didn't take Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice played until 2010? No. no but I, was I, was, I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> that's, that's a good reason. You know, my brain. <laughs> I was like, hold well, on. Well, like, Randy, like, it didn't take Randy Moss. Yeah, it didn't like, take Randy Moss. Like, it did take Randy Moss, but I have some other receivers. I don't know that I took another Viking. Yeah. I could have taken Randy... Oh, I, I did take a Viking, but I took a Viking receiver. <laughs> and, like, oh, it's going to be a shame on that one. Yeah. Uh, so... Who'd you take a running back? I took... Christian McCaffrey. I think I, I ate that one there. That was one where it was like I had some other chances. I could have gone, you know, LaDainian Thompson with the Chargers. Uh, I could have gone Steven Jackson with the Rams. Adrian um, Peterson as a Viking. Adrian Peterson as a Viking. Uh, there were some players, and that's where I said you, you eat some of it and you lose some of it. Um, man, what do we have? Kerry Collins. That's who Randy Moss had Oof. as a quarterback was Kerry Collins. See, that's what I'm saying. If yeah. Randy Moss had decent quarterbacks his whole career... I think he smashes all those records. You know, like I said, I could have had Le'Veon Bell um, with the Steelers, but I had another Steeler on there. It, there were some players I had that I said, you know what, I think Christian McCaffrey fits. Still fits. I think he's the best running back in football. Um, so I went with Christian McCaffrey. That's, that's Russell Wilson and Christian McCaffrey. It's Christian McCaffrey, by the way, running behind an offensive line that consists of Jason Peters, Logan Atkins, uh Jeff Saturday, yep. Zach Martin, Joe Thomas. Like, he's not getting touched. That's he's, the greatest offensive yeah. line of all time. 
and that was my thinking too. I've got Ladainian Tomlinson behind, in my opinion, the greatest offensive line of all time. And and they're gonna move the football. A guy like Russell Wilson that and Andrew Brees for a long time that loves his checkdowns. Yes, just sir. give it to someone and go. I think Christian McCaffrey's you know a thousand thousand type of back. Oh yeah. Um. So I went Christian McCaffrey. Um. Of course, you could probably say there's a five to six other running backs. Like I said, Stephen Jackson's a. Frank Gore's in that list I love somewhere. that you bring up Steven Jackson. That One of my favorite players <laughs> all time. The guy, Mr. Consistency. There's, But they're really in this. There's no wrong answer because they're all great players. Well, they're all great players. There's, like I said, there's a couple. When I think when you get to defense, you'll start going, okay, why did you pick so-and-so? And it's like, I already picked yeah, someone on that side of the ball. I had too many good players on <laughs> offense. <laughs> so who did you get at tight end then? At tight end, I, I bounced back and forth a little bit. I went Travis Kelsey at first. And I thought about it, and I was like, I've got to go with arguably the meanest tight end to ever play football, and a guy that would that would tell you about it afterwards. I went with Jeremy Shockey. See, that's that's one of my worst picks. What do you got? Oh, no, I got nothing here. Okay. Uh, that's, that's one of my worst picks, I think, for you, was Jeremy Shockey. Of all the other tight ends you could have picked. Um, I went with a guy that did everything. A guy that... And now, was that... Jeremy Shockey with the Saints, or is that Jeremy Shockey with, with the Giants? I took him with the Giants. I took okay. him with the Giants. He was a guy that, that caught the ball extremely well, caught... He was key during one of their Super Bowl runs. I mean, he was a He was, he a was big also ball. huge in the Saints Super Bowl run. Uh, Bear Pascoe. I love Bear Pascoe. He's such a great name. <laughs> but no, see, that's my problem. Like, there is so many other tight ends you could have gone. Um, you could have gone with, I think, a guy like Greg Olson, if you didn't get a Panther on there. Greg Olson, Jason Witten, you already had a Cowboy. But... I had a Panther. Had like, a cowboy. So <laughs> that's the thing. It was it was Travis Kelsey, um, but I mean, Jeremy Shockey was a two time Super Bowl champion, four time Pro Bowler, uh, first team All Pro in two thousand two. Uh, he was also the first NFL Rookie of the Year. Fun fact: Pepsi Rookie of the Year. I don't know if it's the same. What What was his stats? Do you have his stats right there? Yeah. Andy? So he went. <laughs> Did he? He probably only had like three hundred to four hundred receptions for his career. Five forty-seven. Okay. For six thousand one hundred and forty-three yards, thirty-seven that's, touchdowns. That's not bad. That's that's getting in the range close to Gronkowski, realistically. Yeah. Like, and my thing was, I love the attitude at tight end. I think you got to have somebody kind of nasty there. I loved his ability to block. And when he didn't make a catch, he made a catch. He caught us, caught a touchdown in our Super Bowl. I don't know if he caught one in the Giants Super Bowl. Giants didn't score a whole lot of points in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Their defense played well with Michael Strahan and Eli Manning's... That NASCAR package. <laughs> Eli Manning's run, if you want to call it, the scramble and evade is still one of my favorite runs ever because he's so unathletic. <laughs> he's he's like stumbling around like a drunk in the dark. He looks like an ostrich running a football. Just, <laughs> he, he's like me at the bar on the weekend, you know, stumbling around drunk trying to shoot a shot, <laughs> and it, it landed. It landed with a 10, right? He got there, got the win. And that's like all that mattered. Um, again, Jeremy Shockey. He was a cool tight end. He was a great tight end. Um, part of those Miami squads in college that was absolutely nasty. The greatest college football team of all time, hands down. But I went, I went with hands down the greatest tight end in football. Don't come at me with any arguments about Gronkowski. Shan- I'm a Broncos fan. Shannon Sharp was still not as good as this tight end. The best tight end in NFL history, hands down, Tony Gonzalez. You're not going to get around him very much in the pass, um, pass rush. Like He's just going to maul you if you're yep. a smaller linebacker. And out in the open field as a corner or a safety, you're not going to be able to play through him. He's going to box you out. I mean, he's second all-time in receptions in NFL history. 
and he's like top five. Actually, no, he is number four in receiving yards. I'm fairly confident he passed Isaac Bruce. So Tony Gonzalez really set the groundwork for this current age of tight ends where they, they run vertical routes, they can get up and down the field, and they can just fall on people. But he also was one of the best blocking tight ends of all time as oh, well. There's, hands down. There's nobody better than Tony Gonzalez so, in that position. And I, I took him as a Falcon, and I wanted people to understand that. I took him as a Falcon because I did have another Chief. And before you come at me and say, well, the Falcons, like he was a Chief for a long time, he still had 4,100 yards and 35 touchdowns as a tight end. There are tight ends in the NFL who are pro bowlers who will never have that for their career. Yeah. That's, it's insane. He's a 14-time pro bowler. He's an NFL receptions leader. He finished with 1,325 receptions, 15,127 uh, receiving yards, and 111 touchdowns. I'll give you the check at tight end. <laughs> <laughs> you Tony got me there. <laughs> Tony Gonzalez is hands down not just one of the greatest tight ends of all time, he's one of the greatest pass catchers of all time. One of the greatest football players, period, of all I time. I will argue one thing with you, though. You did say that Tony Gonzalez set the, set the standard for vertical tight ends. Disagree with you on that one. He perfected it, but laying the pathwork for that was one Shannon Sharp. Shannon fair Sharp enough, was a enough. Shannon Sharp was a was a tight was a was a a tight receiver. He didn't do a whole lot of blocking. He could. He was mean and nasty on the inside. <laughs> Shannon Sharp on the outside of it. He was the guy that if he caught a pass on you for a touchdown, you weren't going to hear about it for the end of your career. <laughs> he still he still calls out defensive backs in his career. And makes fun of them for catching passes on him. Shannon Sharp's a different person. Shannon. <laughs> Shannon Sharp is the only man that could go on TV with a cigar and a bottle of Hennessy and get away with it. Um, but yeah, Shannon Sharp is something else. That's my only argument against that one. But yes, Tony Gonzalez, greatest tight end of all time. I get out of here with Gronkowski talk. Yeah. Top five tight end, I'll give you that. But he's not even top, He's not even number two for me on that list. Who's Weekend. number two? Uh, right now? Yeah. Uh, Jason Witten. Jason Witten. It's, it's Jason Witten or Shannon Sharp. I'm in that range. You can flip so that put Gates at four then. Uh, Gates at four. Uh, for me, I I can. Okay, I'll set it right now. Actually, I'll go Tony Gonzalez, mm. Shannon Sharp. Because Shannon Sharp still has um, close to ten thousand. He had like sixty four receiving touchdowns, um, over six hundred receptions. Uh, he was close to ten thousand, if not just barely over ten thousand receiving yards. That's still more than most other tight ends. Um, I think actually trails only uh, to go to go Tony <laughs> Gonzalez. Uh, then Jason Wynn. Jason Wynn's got 700-plus receptions. It's, like, second all-time yep. for tight ends. Uh, and then I'll go Antonio Gates, and then I'll go Rob Gronkowski. And it's no offense to Gronkowski, but when you retire at 30 and you don't finish off your career, I'm not going to give it to you on what could have been because that's the Bo Jackson, Terrell Davis yeah. mark. What could have been with Terrell Davis is probably the best running back of all time, but he didn't play. I can't give him that record. And to be fair, I've got to commend Rob Gronkowski for, oh, for retiring no. when he did, because he took his health into consideration, which, I mean, for a guy that's a big, stupid juice head... It, it, it's not a knock on Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I'm just not going to go, what could have been Yeah, exactly, guy. exactly. It's, you, you can't do that. What what could Bo Jackson have been? One of the best athletes yeah, of, all time. of all time. possibly. But he didn't play the entire time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, sorry, rather rage on that <laughs> Rabbit one. Rabbit hole, goddamn. Rabbit hole. Uh, so... Who'd you have at receivers? You want all three? Yeah, all three. Give them to me. All right. So I went, um, <laughs> what could have been the greatest receiver <laughs> of all time in Calvin Johnson. I went um, another guy who would talk your ear off, and, and I loved him to death, and arguably the greatest footwork we've ever seen at receiver. Um, I put Chad Johnson as my slot. And then on the other side, Chad Ochocinco, my bad. I don't know what he's going at at this point. 
Um, and then on the other side, I have arguably the best guy in the league now in Julio Jones, a guy that could blow the top off of any defense. Yeah, I'll give you that one. The only one I don't like is Chad Johnson, and it's not – I just think there's some other players you could have gone with again. Uh, having said that, I went with Larry Fitzgerald. Again, one of the best receivers of all time. Can't there it is. Larry. Can't, can't there. One of the guys who – he's an extreme diva, and you, know, you think about it and think some of the players I passed up on. Maybe not the greatest pick, but it's it's Odell Beckham Jr., um, kind of on my inside slot guy. Yep. And I know this one's going to get a lot of crap because of the, the Randy Moss pick. Um, there was just some other players I went with on other teams um, that I didn't think about going with Randy Moss here, and that's my fault. Ten years is a long time. It's hard to figure out who exactly you want. I still think Adam Thielen is one of the best receivers in football, and I picked Adam Thielen. He's got great hands. He doesn't drop a lot of passes. He's a security blanket. If he had a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, <laughs> you'd be talking about... Kirk Cousins is balling You'd be right talking now. about a guy with 100-plus receptions. Patrick, can you can you give me a quick Google stat there on Adam Thielen and see what his receptions are this year? Um, he's got to be closing in. He's going to be another guy that's he's might not get a hundred, but he's a he's a ninety to one hundred receptions every year. He's going to have over a thousand yards receiving. He's going to have you know five to eight touchdowns. Well, and it helps with that Vikings offense that one they have a running game. They've got an offensive line that can block. They've got Dalvin Cook running the rock. They've got Stephon Diggs on the other side. It's hard because you have to respect each guy individually. I went with guys I think really helped fit the Russell Wilson mold. I can't just have a guy that's going to be, they're not just nine routes. They can't just go deep. Yeah. Adam Thielen, Larry Fitzgerald are both known for being guys that can absolutely, their footwork is impeccable. Like they're in, their route running is crisp. They're in and out of the breaks. They're right where they need to be. That's been Russell Wilson's entire career. Mm-hmm. Get the ball in the spot where it needs to be at the time. It's all timing. So this year he's having, he's having definitely a down year. Uh, he's definitely got six touchdowns this year, but, uh, 27 receptions, 391 yards. Like I said, it's it's the Kirk Cousins show over there right yeah. now. Um, they have, they still have, um, they still have Stephon Diggs. They still have Dalvin Cook. Uh, they have some options there, and I think that's causing problems. But the last four seasons, for um, Adam Thielen are 69 receptions, 91 receptions, uh, 113 receptions. Of course, the downtick this year at 27. I, I just went with him on the inside. Type it's deal. a guy you got to get the ball to. Um, and with Kirk Cousins, obviously that's not happening as, as much as it should. Yeah, I mean, he, he needs a better quarterback. So you can eat me on that one and go, it, Adam Thielen, not a great pick. I just like Adam Thielen. I think that's fair. He's a tactician. Well, um, and we both had different mindsets going into it, I think. Because I went, I love Chad Johnson for his ability to get in people's heads. Um, the, the dude for his career went... 766 receptions, 1,100 yards, uh, 14.4 yards per reception, like nasty, Mm -hmm. 67 touchdowns. And again, I think the best footwork we ever saw. His ability to find space, his ability to make people miss, his ability to make moves, and his ability to tell you how much better he was than you every single play. He was. Made Chad Johnson great for me. (laughs) Chad Johnson, the Hall of Fame coach. Uh, that was one of my favorite things ever, where he put the, the jacket on that said uh, Chad Johnson on the back of it. He was he was fun to watch. He was one of the guys, again, you know, he wasn't the Joe Horn with the cell phone. Uh, he wasn't Terrell Owens with the, the popcorn. But he kind of was the leader of that, was he, he not? He started that with the with the poncho and, yeah, the, and the, the golfing. With the, yeah. That was ridiculous. He also, in 2011, I just reading this here, uh, was listed as the number one 
most influential athletes on social media by CNBC. Yeah, I mean, Wouldn't he, have... he's he's all over social media. We both follow him on a lot of platforms. We've yeah. seen his videos. Guy's he's incredible. <laughs> no, Chad... Shows up to random people's houses just to scrape them at FIFA. <laughs> like... It's not that I'm dissing Chad Johnson. I just, again, you could... I would take Chad Johnson over Adam Thielen. Um, maybe some other players in that, that mindset. We didn't pick Tara Lowens. We didn't Tara Lowens. Like, yeah, there's... I... Tara Lowens was... Only the best player on his team once or twice in his career. Um, you know, at the end of his Niners career, he still had Steve Young, and they had to ship him out of there because they, you know, he didn't get along with Jeff Garcia. Or so he goes to the best quarterback of all time. <laughs> so he goes to he goes to the uh, Philadelphia, and he can't get along with Donovan McNabb, who was yeah. still the best player on that team. I don't care what anyone says. Was it To doing sit ups in the? Yeah, his driveway. In the driveway. Yeah, like a monster. Yeah. <laughs> then, then he goes to then he goes to Dallas, where he's still not the best player in Dallas because Tony Romo, for the start of his career, was the best player on that team, and Demarcus Ware was there. He was never the best player on his team, and then the downtick. Then he went to the Bengals, where he wasn't the best player because he's playing with Chad Johnson. Yeah. Then he went to the Bills, and didn't he, those two get together in New England as well? At one uh, point? I don't know that Terrell Owens played for New England. I know Chad Johnson did. Um, so he ended up playing. Yeah, he ended, yeah, that's right. He did go to the Seahawks. So he went San Francisco, Philadelphia, Cowboys, Bills, Bengals, Allen Ringlers, which was an indoor arena Oof. football league. Yeah, he went there before getting cut by the Seahawks in 2012 as a, a member of their offseason team. Hot damn. So, but Terrell Owens, if you look at it, like his numbers were sickening. Um, six Pro Bowls, so eh. Didn't Same as Chad Johnson. It's not bad. Uh, three-time NFL receiving touchdowns leader, uh, which is impressive. San Francisco Niners Hall of Fame, we get it. 1,078 receptions, 15,934 receiving yards, which is best for third all-time. Mm-hmm. It's right behind Randy Moss. Dude, right behind go. the guy that – this is where I have a problem with Terrell Owens. was a guy who still, even at the end of Jerry Rice's career, thought he was better than Jerry Rice. This is a guy you cannot come in there. And I know you can have that mindset. you got to be like, I'm the best on the team. To an extent, you have to. And you have to have that mindset. You can't create problems with it. Yeah. You can't come into a guy that I know you're not a Jerry Rice fan. You can't come into a guy that is considered not the best receiver of all time, not the best offensive player of all time, Mr. Football himself, the GOAT. He is the all time greatest NFL football player. That's what everyone thinks of him. You gotta throw an asterisk next to that because I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go in there with that. And you can't come in and go, well, I'm Terrell Owens. I'm this young buck from nowhere college. I am better than number 80. I am better than the greatest receiver in NFL history. To be fair, if that was the mindset, he did, I mean... He he helped them. He, no doubt in my mind, he helped them. But he didn't help them win a Super Bowl. It wasn't him that won a Super Bowl. It was Jerry Rice that won a Super Bowl. <laughs> he never won a Super Bowl. He didn't do it. And that was part of the reason. And again, part of the drama. That's why I couldn't go with Terrell Owens in any of those routes. Because he wasn't the best player on his team at any given time. Fair enough. I just don't believe he was. Except for the very end of his Niners career against a divisional game where he cried. He was probably the best player on that indoor team, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had to take a shot in the dark. You know, there was that divisional game in San Francisco where he caught a pass. Um, I believe it was Steve Young that he caught the pass from. You know, like, two defenders, hits the end zone, he's crying. Is that the one where he got sandwiched? Yeah, sandwiched, and he's Looked crying because like he's going to die. Yeah, so there's that one. That's That's about it. He might have been the best player on the Bills at that time. That Bills team was probably probably not good. Probably. I mean, 
it would have been CJ Splinter, maybe was the running back. <laughs> and that's, yeah, it's not great. It's not good. That might have been. Yeah, that's a bad team. <laughs> they had some bad, bad teams. Um, um, yeah, talking about the other guys that I got, I mean, Julio Jones, kind of self explanatory. Oh, yeah, we. Top yeah. three in the league right now. Julio's a freak. Uh, um, Calvin Johnson, like I said, could have been. The greatest receiver of all time, I think, would have been the greatest receiver he, of all time. He could, I, I don't know. I have problems with it because of what Jerry did. Jerry's numbers will never be touched. It's John Stockton basketball records. They won't be touched. Well, and if you look at Jerry Rice was... The way he conditioned his body, he really set the, the groundwork for guys to have longevity in the league now with the way that he prepared. I, I remember hearing something about him saying you have to drop... After your fifth or sixth year, you have to drop five pounds a year just to keep your body right. And the fact that he knew that science and he got that there, he's he set the groundwork for guys now. No, to play he longer. he was an absolute gym rat. You know, he did. That's where you go with Jerry Rice again, and that's I wish he would have played in the last ten years because I would pick Jerry Rice in a heartbeat over any player in the NFL. Give, I don't care that he didn't. He got cut by the Broncos. Give me as him a Bronco. Played for Seattle. Like he had some teams he played with. The, the Raiders, which it still hurts to see that Jerry Rice played not only for the Raiders as a, as a Niners guy. I'm not a Niners guy, but Patrick's a Niners guy here. My dad's a Niners fan. I'm kind of a Niners fan by proxy from the second team, right? Like, kind of go for it. Gross. He played for the Raiders, which has got to hurt a lot of people in the Bay Area's feelings. And he played for the Seahawks. Yeah. It's also got a lot of hurt a lot of people in the Bay Area's feelings. That's just brutal. See, but... In eight years, Calvin Johnson oh, went yeah. for 731 receptions. Yeah. Almost 1,200 yards. He was well, going for just, six... Just 1,200 yards in eight seasons? That's terrible. Or, my bad. <laughs> 12,000 yards. My bad, my bad. No, no, uh, He was going for 16 a reception. He scored 83 touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, looking at his list of accomplishments, it's ridiculous. No, he was set to record. He still holds record for most receiving yards in a single season. 1,964. Um, yeah, so it's close disgusting. to that 2,000 mark. He'd have been the only receiver to ever touch it, which still, I think, is impressive that guys can hit 2,000 yards rushing, but guys can't hit 2,000 yards receiving. It blows my mind. To be fair, though, it's... You've got to have somebody throwing you the ball. you got to. <laughs> How has Julio Jones not done it yet? Because I know you hate Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan's still a good, a really, really good NFL quarterback. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I mean... What's the most Julio Jones ever went for? Julio was like 1,600 in that range. Yeah. He's I mean, that's, that's a he's great season. Lesbian. Oh, no. It's that's, a great season. Yeah. I'm not going to stop at 1,600 yeah, receiving. <laughs> it's a great season, but I mean, to go for night, almost 2,000, that's... Yes. I'm not going to say... <sighs> Calvin Johnson is not a top... <sighs> yeah, he went for 1,800. Okay. 1,800, so yeah. So, I mean, he's a monster, yeah. I, I just don't... I'm not going to say Calvin Johnson isn't a top five. I can't say it off the top of my head right now. I would have to go... He, I could take. I could take him at five. I can take Calvin Johnson at five. Because for me, it's Jerry Rice, it's Larry Fitzgerald, it's Randy Moss, it's Terrell Owens, it's Calvin Johnson, in that order. Um, I put part of that over because I don't like the Divas. I'm not a big knock-your-head kind of trash-talk guy. And some, I mean, See, you're, I love the, the, trash you're in the NFL, you can back this up no matter what, but Larry Fitzgerald's a guy who scores a touchdown, hands it to the ref, back to the sideline. <laughs> Same with Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice scored a touchdown, handed it to the ref, Back to the sideline. Yeah, he would. He would let you talk when you were in front of you, <laughs> and he would make you feel bad about yourself because he would tell you, "I'm going here. I'm catching the football. And I'm going 90. And you can't stop me." <laughs> he would do it. Go 90 touchdown. That's where I like it. 
Same thing with Randy Moss, though, and Terrell Owens. You got in front of him and said, I'm going 90. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Nothing. But then you get the popcorn <laughs> run to the middle of the field and be a showboat. It's fun to watch. But it's got to get popcorn ready. <laughs> so, um, what we're going to do right here before we go back into the defense, uh, run a little bit longer than we want to. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I don't care how long we run on this one, really. Yeah, it's, it doesn't matter. It's better for me. Um, we're going to have to stop it here, take a quick break. Uh, the podcast will flag us here in about 45 minutes, and we'll, we just won't be able to continue at that point. So we're going to flag it, stop it, um, give us a quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for bearing with us going to that break. You know, big boys got to use the bathroom, got to get some water. Mm-hmm. Let's get back in there. So... Um, we're gonna go, before we get back into this playing on defense here, if if you're following us for the first time, if you're hearing us for the first time, um, go ahead and follow us here on For the People Football um, on Facebook. That's our only site right now before we get a website up and running. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a share. We'd appreciate it. Comment on our posts. Every time we post this, get on there and write on our wall. We don't care. If you think that our list is terrible and you want to tell us what your list would be, what you would have changed, let us know. We'll hash it out with you. We'll get back with you. We'll oh, fight you on every single one. I will message you personally <laughs> if you want to get in there and talk about it. This is what we do. We love not just uh, not just doing this pod. This is a dream of ours for a long time. But talking football in any regard, let us have it. Um, so, again, for the people football on Facebook, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a comment, ask some questions. Let's see what we can come up with. That's hashtag for the MF people. <laughs> <laughs> give us a follow. So, we're going to get back here on defense. Uh, again, we're going to have some players. We're going to talk this out. Uh, this is where I had some troubles. Like I said, I got rid of Asante Samuel for Jason Peters, and that yep. one hurt because Asante Samuel is one of the best corners of our generation. A guy who, again, I, I think falls in that that uh, Frank Gore type of love and maybe Steven Jackson type of love, he doesn't get the type of love yeah, he deserves. not at all. Asante um, Samuel was one of the best quarterbacks in the league for a long time. But was shut down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and a guy that did it at like five foot ten, like he wasn't a big dude. He yep. paved he paved the way for guys like Chris Harris Jr. to come in and play football. Guys that were smaller and could still go guard the biggest, baddest yep. receivers in football. Um, guys with ups. <laughs> so on that mark, I'm going to talk about my favorite position in football. So. To me, it's the best position in football. It has the best plays in football. I get more hyped for interceptions than I do touchdowns. Give me an interception every day of the week, and I just, sweet dreams, happy lullaby. I'm just baby in a crib, right? On that, I'm going to argue because I know where you're going. <laughs> I think you're going in the secondary. Nothing for me beats a defensive lineman interception. <laughs> when you watch Nick Bosa go up for a pick six. Nick Bo- Interceptions are my favorite play <laughs> in football, hands down. It's... It gets me, it gets me hard. Like that's it. It's right there. Like I love it. Give it to me. It's, it is a one-on-one battle that the defensive player has no business winning, and they do. And so I'm going to the secondary. I'm starting this out with the greatest corner to ever play football, a guy who did it better than anyone at that position at just a straight corner, Champ Bailey. That is my starting corner. We're talking about a guy. Patrick, you're the man. <laughs> 12-time Pro Bowler. That's the most Pro Bowls for not a corner, not a defensive back. A defensive a defensive back, not a safety corner, a defensive back. That's more Pro Bowls than anyone. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who, NFL um, interceptions leader, an all-pro, an all-decades team. Pro Bowl, he's a Hall of Famer, right? 908 tackles. Deion Sanders had less than 500 tackles. Yeah. Champ Bailey didn't just get the ball. He put his head on the football. He knew how to tackle. It was a priority. When young guys came in and played, 
for the Broncos, if you didn't tackle, you didn't play corner because Jant Bailey would tell the coaches not to let you play. Does that have his force fumble number? Uh, it it's does. It's got to be nasty. Uh, seven. Yeah. I mean, for, for, for a defensive back, a corner, a lockdown true corner, he didn't just one side of the football. It was whoever was the best player, he went for it, right? Like, yeah. that's who we followed. Seven force fumbles, 203 passes defended, 908 tackles, 52 interceptions. This dude was better than Deion Sanders every day of the week. I will take you to church on that. <laughs> Find me, talk to me, come at me. Champ Bailey's greatest corner of all time. There he is on my side. If you guys want to fight in the comment section. <laughs> you talk about Dale Revis right now. We're fighting. If you guys want to fight in the comment section, I just need you to come to Steve one time about anyone being better than Champ Bailey. And I agree, greatest corner of all time. This is the dude who, in his best career year, who had 10 interceptions, allowed only five receptions. Dude had double the interceptions he allowed guys to catch the ball on him that season. He had less than 100 yards um, on him that season. No touchdowns and only five receptions. Dude shut down teams. And he <laughs> played some of the best that year. He played Randy Moss that year. He played Terrell Owens that year. He played, um, uh, oh, God, there were some of the other teams on there I looked at. He was unstoppable. Like, you didn't throw to Champ Bailey. And it wasn't... Daryl Revis, uh, his numbers weren't that great because teams didn't throw to him. Teams didn't throw to Champ Bailey. And they he still, that whole side of the field. He still went and got to it. <laughs> he still went and got to the football. It was insane what he did. No other corner since then. He was kind of the last of the true go-get-it type of player. Because teams do avoid throwing to those guys now, but we don't see a whole lot of man corners anymore. Guys that were, you follow the best player and you go. A lot of it's your left side cornerback, your right side cornerback. You see it now, LCB, RCB. Mm-hmm. That's where they're at, and that's fine and dandy. I mean, if you look at there, there is a few guys that still no, do it. Jalen Ramsey does it. I know yeah. Marshawn Lattimore does it. Uh, there's a few guys in the league that are still doing that. Hey, go lock down number one. Yeah, and you have to <clears> sometimes <throat> when you have guys like Julio Jones. You can't be stupid and go well. My third cornerback normally plays on go the right side, Apple. so <laughs> try your best. <laughs> You can't just keep Chris Harris Jr. in the slot all the time and go, well, you're playing on the slot on the right side, and Julio Jones is playing outside left. I'm just going to put my third cornerback out there and see what happens. Yeah. No, that's how you lose football games. <laughs> Chris Harris has got Calvin Ridley. Like... I, to be fair, I would take Chris Harris on Calvin Ridley and then hope secondary top over the hel- uh, safety help over the top helps on Julio. Fingers crossed. Because Calvin Ridley can catch a, like a three-yard slant, break one tackle, and he's off to the races. Yeah, that's the fastest. So anyway... Champ Bailey, that's who I have as my starting corner on one side. This is where I had issues because I said I got rid of Asante Samuel. Mm-hmm. I picked up another guy. I, he's coming to the end of his career. He, I don't think he'll ever be a Hall of Famer. Um, he Maybe he should at some point in time. His, his interceptions, I mean, he's second all-time, uh, I believe, in interception returns for touchdowns in a keep to leap um, behind only Charles Woodson. Um, to me, a keep to leap has been one of the best corners of our generation. He was a true lockdown guy. He could play man. He could play zone. He was the guy that came up and hit you. And as much as I don't like divas, he lets you know when he was on you. He was Jalen Ramsey before it was cool to be Jalen Ramsey, right? <laughs> and he was good. Snain, you know, chain snatching, eye poking, like, a keep to leave was the dog. A keep to leave is a guy that, unless he's on your team, you hate him. And <laughs> there's a lot of reasons I love a keep to leave because he's the ultimate team player. Um, of course, now he's playing for the Miami Dolphins, and that... Oof. That hurts. And they got to win. Um, but if you go, I, because of the keep to leave, let's call it right there. You got to keep to leave, you win a game, right? A 
Akeem Talib is a guy who's played for five teams in his career. He's been a guy that has talked his way off teams. He talked his way out of Tampa. He talked his way out of New England. He talked his way out of, out of Denver. He's talked his way out of the Rams, and I'm sure he'll talk his way out of Miami. He's a guy that, unless he's winning, he's not happy. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of players are now. That's you know? the way it should be. They're talking, but he's a five-time Pro Bowler. He's a Super Bowl champion. 467 tackles. He's a guy that gets in there and tackles. He's a big corner. He's like 6'1". Um, 125 passes, 35 interceptions, right? Five, uh, five forced fumbles, 10 defensive touchdowns. He's a guy that when he got the football, a third of the time, better, uh, you know, just slightly less than a third of the time, would take it to the house. Yeah. He's a guy, yeah, probably 30% of the time he touched the football, bye-bye, it was off to the races. And it wasn't just short. I mean, he was... So... I think justification there going with uh, Akeem Tlaib um, over some of the other guys in the last couple of years. Question. Yes. Did you take any bears? I I did. I took one bear, and I think it's probably one of my weaker positions in football. Um, and it's not by any mean weak. I yeah, just, nobody on these lists are going to be bad. I think all of these guys could potentially make the Hall of Fame at some point in their career. Minus Adam Thielen, minus Odell Beckham right now. With you talking about guys that make plays, a name popped in my mind. It was a guy that I completely forgot about when I was making this list. Charles Tillman. Peanut Tillman. Charles Tillman. That's a guy that I had completely forgotten about, a guy that doesn't get as much respect as he should. And Charles, Tillman has, Charles Tillman has to lead NFL history for defensive back forced fumbles. Yeah, right. that peanut punch was, like, it was special. There was one year, I swear, he had like four or five. He had to take the boxing lessons. He took, well, <laughs> Mr. FBI agent, right? Yeah. So he's a guy, Kyle again, again, that gets left out because I went with, you know, I went with champion, they wanted to keep to leave. I picked a different bear at uh, inside linebacker. You could probably guess who that is at that point. Yeah. Um, I just don't think Charles Tillman breaks the list on some of these cornerbacks. I'm still taking a keep to leave over Charles Tillman. Um, you got his stats there? Yeah, I mean, first team All Pro, two thousand twelve, two time Pro Bowler, uh, played twelve years in the league, nine hundred and twelve tackles. Yeah, he was a machine. That's more tackles than Champ Bailey. Uh, Forty four forced fumbles. Forty four. Give me that. There's no way. Forty four forced fumbles. Oh my god. Thirty eight interceptions. That is lock him down. He's the Hall of Famer. How was Charles Till? I mean, it's because he still played in the last couple of years. Our disrespect, dude. What just happened? I am sorry, yep. Charles Tillman. Right now, I. Yeah. I could take Charles Tillman and nine defensive touchdowns. That's why I went with the keep to leap yep. was the interceptions and the, the tackling ability. I'm going to take that. Oh, I can't take that back because I'm going to take one of my other guys still. Well, I could, yeah, I could argue. I could swap him for either one of the corners that I've got. And you don't have a bear? I don't have a bear. So Yeah, I mean, go for it. I can't do it take, right now, but man. I'm going to take. And you want to talk about a guy that isn't a diva like I went with a keep to leap who's kind of a trash human being. Charles Tillman's a Walter Payton Man of the Year award. Like he's won that award. Yep. He's a good. He's an FBI agent. The dude <laughs> is a good human being, Great right? Humor. Forty-four forced fumbles. Thirty-eight interceptions. Wow, that's one hundred and forty pass deflections. He might. He's so I'm on the fly changing my team because Patrick Tillman. I didn't realize he had the Patrick career Tillman, he had. Charles Tillman. Charles Tillman. My bad. Patrick okay, Tillman. I was reading Patrick. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, on the fly change of my team because I didn't realize the career was like that. <laughs> that was, again, disrespect. Yep. Um, I'm going to be pounding the door. I'm a guy that I like to tweet at people um, and, and get blocked on a lot of social media platforms. 
Um, John Elway has blocked like six different accounts of mine because I, I repeatedly tweet John Elway to be fired. How much I hate that guy. I I, I tweet at the Hall of Fame committee all the time at their uh, at Baker. Their their I'm sure he just has an account that's run by somebody. I'm not sure he looks at it. But like Rod Rod Smith, who was a Hall of Famer, um, Carl Medlerberg, Randy Gratisher, Broncos that aren't Hall of Famers. If Charles Tillman doesn't make it in what he tried 2015, so four, so if he's not there in 2022. I'm going to be beating on the Hall of Fame door. That's insane. Yeah, those are the, disgusting. The takeaways. That's got to be the highest take, some of the highest takeaways in NFL history. That's right up there with Dick Lane's like, and, you think and Paul Krause's interceptions. When you think about Hall of Famers, you think about guys that made an impact in every game they play. And that's those numbers, he's making an impact in almost every game he's ever every played. Every game he plays. That's insane. How is he a two-time Pro Bowler? That's it? That's it? Wow. Shoot. I know that some of those forced fumbles probably aren't recovered, a lot of them, maybe half of them. I mean, he himself but, had eight, nine, but, I believe. Yeah, nine, but at the same time, if you take 44 and you take half of those, that's still 22 fumble recoveries. Yep. That's insane. Yeah. I didn't think, wow, Charles yep. Tillman, badge of honor, respect. Going into work tomorrow, <laughs> that is that is hey, nutty. Put some respect on Pima Tillman's name. Yeah, please and thank you. <laughs> wow. Okay, uh, so we, we break that one up. I'm still yeah. going to keep Tlaib and Chan Bailey. Um, yeah. But Charles Tillman. Charles Tillman. So I, on the fly, swap my team. My two corners, I'm going with Peanut Tillman for the punch, the takeaways. And then another guy, arguably one of the best corners of, of the last five, six, seven years. I don't know how long he's been in the league without looking at it. I'm uh, going with Patrick Peterson. 2008. Uh, he's part of the 2008 draft class that was stacked. Yeah. Patrick um, Peterson, though, is another one of those guys. He, he, for a long time, I don't know if they're still doing it, but for a long time, he was, you go wherever the number one goes. You lock that guy down. He still can. Um, he's been injured this year. He had the, the diabetes issue uh, last, you know, two years ago where he really slowed down. His weight kind of ballooned. Ooh, 11. Didn't know he had, oh, was it 2011? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that, oh, that might have been the same year. There's somebody that came in the same years and there was a pretty stacked draft class. Anyway, he kind of ballooned in weight. Um, he got sick. No one really knew what was wrong with him. Um, he goes to the doctor, gets tested, has diabetes, gets it under control, comes back, gets to another Pro Bowl, has another all-pro type year. My issue with Patrick Peterson is when you start talking about Patrick Peterson being the best corner in the league, one of the best corners in the league, put Chris Harris Jr.'s name right next to him because if you look at their stats, they're not just mediocrely good. They're identical. Yeah. The the tackles, the interceptions, the pass deflections. The only thing Chris Harris doesn't have on Patrick Peterson is the interception turn for touchdowns. Chris Harris has got like four. Patrick Peterson's got a couple. Yeah, he's got five. Yeah, there you go. Five total touchdowns. So, I mean. I mean, he's got just south of 400 tackles, uh, 24 interceptions, three-time All-Pro. He was a pro bowler the first eight seasons he was in the league. Yeah, no. Consecutively. He's a big name. He's a first-rounder. Um. Patrick Peterson is still, I would still take Patrick Peterson for this list over guys like Jalen Ramsey and Stephon Gilmore. Um, he, I would probably take him over Aqib Tlaib um, easily. If Dude's he, ridiculous. I, but again, I took Larry Fitzgerald. I'm taking Larry <laughs> Fitzgerald all day long over a guy like Patrick Peterson. See, this question honestly was perfect for us because one, it's a thing we could babble about for hours. <laughs> and two... We were able to put our own spin on it and make it a little bit more difficult on ourselves with the whole only one player per team thing. It was a blast putting these things together. It was something that it, as much as we love football, um, football history for both of us. Yeah, just being able to talk they, about. Um, it was fun. It was a way for me to go back and go look. Okay, 
I can't just have two Cardinals. I can't just have... I could have went to... If you want to give me multiple Niners, give me the best inside linebacking duo of all time in Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis, exactly. right? Exactly. Give me those guys. But you can't just go, ah, give me that group. Yeah, give and, me that Cowboys offensive line. That's... And we didn't want to go that route because it's kind of... It was kind of cheating. If that was the way it was going to be, I would have probably left Champ Bailey off this list and give me the 2015 no-fly zone with the Broncos. Yeah. With Chris Harrison and keeps the lead, right? So... We, we did like this question a lot. Um, well, and it's such a deep group that, I mean, even looking at Peanut Tillman, yeah, like, a guy we forgot about under the radar. And, that, and there's probably guys at every single position that are like that. Yeah, there's a ton of them that have played, that played their career. I, get, I brought it up on the offensive side. Isaac Bruce, that gets no, no love, still mm-hmm. not a Hall of Famer. But when he retired, he was second and third all-time in NFL receiving yeah. yards. Like, he was incredible. Um so kind of moving on to that one, back into guys. I think, to me, because I said I love interceptions, I love the secondary corners, safeties, I think are some of the best positions in football. I think corners are the best athletes in football. Not only do they have to read and react, um, receivers kind of just know where they're supposed to be. Corners kind of have to you have figure to out where well, you're yeah. going. Like, it's like playing tag, the guy running, the guy. you got to be good, right? Yeah. Who do you have at kind of the, the real... I think the guys that don't get as much love on defense as they should, and that's the safeties. Who do you have at safety? So safety, I know we've got one that's the same. Um, that's Troy Polamalu. Yeah. A guy that over his career was arguably the most feared player in the league. For uh, a long time. For a long time at that safety position. he jumping over O-lines. He was a maniac. I yeah. mean, what did what did we have for Troy Polamalu? His interceptions, um, his sacks were once his tackles. He had to be somewhere close to 800 to 1,000 tackles, somewhere in that range, I'd imagine. 770. So 770, so almost 800 tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to be a part of that 20 interception club, if not. 32. 32. What was his sack? Did he get over 10 sacks? 12 sacks. 12 sacks, okay. What did he have for forced fumbles? He had to be somewhere in the range of 10 as well. 14. 14. Dude, I'm telling you, Troy Polamalu is Dude a monster. blew up football games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the greatest hair of all time. Unbelievably luscious. I think he had like a $2 million insurance policy. Dude, he policy. had some insurance policy on that. Dude, but ridiculous. yeah, his hair was... He was... He's a group of guys that wasn't just one of the most feared football players of all time um, on the defensive. He was another guy that wasn't... He was stout. He was thick. Troy Polamalu wasn't a six foot three safety. He wasn't Steve Atwater and Dennis Smith. There were six foot three and six foot four. They didn't look like linebackers. To be fair though, five ten, two oh seven, that's a large human. <laughs> and a missile. An yeah. absolute missile. I remember watching a highlight of him at USC. Yeah. It was on a kickoff yeah. or, or a punt return. I don't know I, I think he got flagged for it. Most likely got flagged for it. He uh he was the gunner on the outside. I'm pretty sure the kid called for a fair catch, and Troy Palomalu ended up ending this kid's football career. <laughs> Just Pure hatred and hair. Where, <laughs> where I was going with it was, we've seen some players before him, the guys that really changed the culture of, yet it is always the case, especially in football. For a long time in football, it was realistically two races, type of, and I know it's kind of getting into a territory you don't <laughs> want to go. You know, you're either African American or you're white, if you want to go that route, black or white. Anthony Munoz kind of set the tone for Hispanics to come into play. He's one of the best offensive linemen of all time. Troy Palomalu really opened the doors for the the Islanders, the um, Pacific Americans, Polynesians, Samoans, Hawaiian, the kind of the that area, the mm. Pacific Pacific Islanders. He he really opened that door for some players, and a lot of them maybe haven't turned out that great. 
but it wasn't just rugby anymore. It was, hey, we can do this too. Yeah. This is this is our sport now. And I know in Hawaii, and I know in some of those places, uh, they still look up to Troy Palomalo. They say, we we can do this. Yeah. Like, this guy is great because of it. He's got to be 5'10", 207, and willing to rip people in half. The thing is, <laughs> most Islanders, um, and I hope that isn't an offensive term to use. I don't feel we'll like it out. is. <laughs> Maybe we'll get caught on it. I, I feel like Islanders is a good one to go. The, the Pan Americans, Samoans, uh, Hawaiians, any of them, they're fearless. They're absolutely fearless. If you want a guy leading your team on defense, putting your nose in the ball, fearless, it's 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 Samoans and Islanders. They're they're absolutely do not care. We're stronger, we're faster, we're better than you at being human. Yeah. They're they're that warrior man. They're warriors, exactly. Well it says a whole lot about Troy Palomalde that he is a part of the Steelers all time team. Yeah. On a team that's just littered with all time greats. He's oh, in yeah. there. Well, and you can go to another Steeler great, um, a guy that, again, gets lost in the fray of a lot of things, Heinz Ward. Um, he's not an Islander, so to speak, <laughs> as far as what you say um, with the Samoan and Hawaiian, but I'm fairly confident I remember seeing that he's Filipino. Mm-hmm. Like, he's from the, like, he's Filipino. He's got that descent. That's still a descent in the United States that they feel held down. They don't get the respect they deserve. And he Heinz carried Ward was that. nasty. Heinz Ward was another guy that was smaller, another 5'11", 6-foot type receiver, big body guy that went and got it because he had that mentality. Mm-hmm. It, that was his ball. I love those guys. <laughs> um, we disagreed on the second one, and it wasn't that, that other safety that we disagreed. It was totally wrong. Um, you had Earl Thomas, right? Yep. The roadrunner himself, the guy that... For the first six to seven years, eight years of his career in Seattle, was the best safety in football. The Duke can cover sideline to sideline faster than anyone. His read and react was insane. Um, he's a guy that should be an NFL Hall of Famer when it's all said and done, depending on what it looks like in Baltimore in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, the injury was big. I like I like Earl Thomas. The dude was smart. Is smart. For me, Earl Thomas, you put him behind two great corners like Peanut Tillman and Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm. He's going to hold it down. Oh, yeah. No. Nothing's getting past Earl Thomas. Yeah, Earl Thomas, um, Another he's another guy. These undersized players. Willing to put a hit on somebody. 5'10", 202 pounds. So he's, he's undersized, that's a big but guy he's now. a tank. Yeah, you a know, guy. you don't want to arm wrestle that guy, right? <laughs> First round pick. He's from Texas, right? Six-time Pro Bowler, uh, Super Bowl champion, 671 tackles. 68 passes deflected, but he's not a he's not a corner, so I'm not going yeah. to see that number skyrocket. That's a, it's a solid number. Those are all deep balls. 29 interceptions, 11 forced fumbles, um, three defensive touchdowns. He's a guy that you put back there, you don't worry about. You don't go. What am I? He's a guy that makes Richard Sherman and Brandon Browner pro bowlers, pro bowlers, exactly because they can get beat. And what are you going to do? You're going to loft the ball over the top of a six foot three corner because here comes Earl Thomas streaming down well, the field. Well, you can argue that he was the best player on one of the best secondaries of all time. You can argue that he was better than Cam Chancellor. He was better than Ch- Richard Sherman. He was better than Richard er, Richard Sherman twice. Brandon Browner. <laughs> He's twice as good as Easy. He was uh, the best player on a great secondary. He flew around. wasn't afraid to hit people. wasn't afraid. To make plays. And did you take him as... I took him as a free safety. Well, as a Seahawk? Took him as a Seahawk. He's a Seahawk? Okay. So, and that's... So, on some of these, we didn't say it. 
Obviously, I took Champ Bailey as a Bronco. Mm-hmm. I took um, Akeem Talib as a Buck, a Buccaneer. Yep. Uh, where he started his career. Who did you have? Patrick Peterson, obviously, a Cardinal. Cardinal. I took sure. Peanut Tillman as a bear. bear. Um, he's not a Panther. Palomalu is obviously a Steeler. Yeah, so that's where I had him. So, okay. Earl Thomas is a, a Seahawk. The next guy I took, I took as a Packer. Um, he's not to me that was just, like I said, Champ Bailey's the greatest cornerback of all time. That doesn't mean he's the best defensive back of all time. Um, this is no disrespect to Ronnie Lott, especially since we had to go the last 10 years. Charles Woodson, to me, is, if not the best defensive back of all time, the second best defensive back of all time. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a guy who is the only player in NCAA history to win the Heisman as a defensive player. Now, he was an offensive machine in college as well. Uh, he was a guy that... At Michigan, everything. At Michigan, he was a return specialist. He was an offensive guy. He had some, you know, play... Um, Offensive um, potential in the NFL as well, not only with the Raiders and the Packers, but in the NFL. And this is where it's impressive to me. Again, with Champ Bailey's 12 Pro Bowls. Charles Wilson only had nine Pro Bowls, but he's still a nine-time Pro Bowler. Led the interception twice, led the NFL interceptions twice, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I mean, you go over his list. The Walter Camp Award, I mean, he the Jim Thorpe Award in college. This guy was all over the field. 1,100 tackles. From that corner in that safety spot. 20 career sacks. 30 forced fumbles. 65 interceptions. 13 touchdowns. And 155 passes defended. Um, he was truly locked down everywhere he went. You didn't worry about Charles Woodson when you put him on a field. I don't care if you played Charles Woodson at defensive end. He was going to get <laughs> it done. Find a way, yeah. And that, that's career with his 20 career sacks. He is one of the only guys in NFL history, if I'm correct, with 60-plus interceptions and 20 sacks. It's insane. He's uh, And a part of the greatest screw job in NFL history, the tuck rule. Yeah, the tuck rule. <laughs> he is a walking Hall of Famer. He's not there yet. He's still played as of recently. Uh, he's got a couple years left to go. I played him at that, that, that safety position from the Packers because I, I have a Raider coming up. Um, I just don't think... This is where we talked about. You thought maybe our secondaries was one was better versus the other. Mm-hmm. Troy Polamalu, Champ Bailey, um, Charles Woodson, and my weak link being a keep to lead. I would not want to be a quarterback yeah, trying to throw on that defense. You're not going to throw either to the outside if you have. And that's the beauty of it. You want to go okay? What about playing three strong receivers? Now you got to go nickel. Charles Woodson still was an absolutely yeah. fantastic <laughs> corner. You could do that. Right, and Whatever that was you need, that was one thing that hurt my heart when Champ Bailey retired. Um, when the Broncos cut him, they asked him to be safety, and he did not. He was in his mind a corner through and through, and that's fine. I think he could have prolonged his career, got those numbers up to over sixty interceptions if he went and played safety. He didn't want to, mm-hmm. and that's fine. So that's where I went. Um, no knock on you. I think I take the I take the walk in the secondary, and I went Charles. Charles Tillman, they're really bumpsy on the end over <laughs> a guy I think is extremely overrated in Darrell Revis. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I'll take that one. Um, I think that it got you on the, the safe the secondary. I mean you got three Hall of Famers. I think I've got <laughs> I think I've got two with a with a chance. With a chance in Patrick Peterson, because obviously Troy Palmall is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I think Earl Thomas is a Hall of Famer. Uh, I think he will be as well. Patrick Peterson may or may not be a Hall of Famer, it depends. We'll see. So you want to go Line or you yeah, want to go backers? Lines and then let's hit the backers. Ooh, okay. I think I got you in the linebackers. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> you, I think you do. Um, I ended up going away from a couple guys that 
Again, hurt my heart staying away from Vaughn Miller, obviously, because I had Champ Bailey. We'll see, because there was a couple picks. One of my linebackers, I think you gave me, and I gave you <laughs> Champ, obviously. So um, I wasn't going to pick Champ. And <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to pick one of your linebackers. Um, I still think I got a great duo. Um, we'll see. Right, go ahead and start with your line. Um, you want me just to rip through all three? Well, so I want to go with it again. I didn't necessarily go... So I don't think we necessarily went left end, right yeah, end. Yeah, no, we just two D line. It was left end, right end, happy to do two ends and a tackle, a nose mm-hmm. tackle, defensive tackle, however you want to put it. I think we both picked a guy that no matter what scheme you play at tackle, is gonna he can play defensive end. Yeah, he can I play mean, whatever you want. Three of our players, I actually think we went with three of the same players for our offensive line. I think our defensive line's all the same for the most part. Um for the most part. Yeah. All three of those guys can play inside, outside. It doesn't matter. They're three of the best defenders in football, and it hurts my heart not putting Von Miller on this list because I think Von Miller's the best outside linebacker in football. Mm. I went away with him because I went with Champ Bailey. Who did you have in your line? Uh, so my D-line, I had J.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Mr. Consistency, win healthy. Yep. Uh, dude absolutely ruins football games. Oh, yeah. Um, and has, since he's been in the league, really. Um, at D-tackle, I went with Aaron Donald, another guy. Just yeah. absolutely ruins football games for offenses. Inside, outside. Yep. Inside, outside, yeah. You can throw him anywhere on that D-line and he's going to make plays. And then I think the only one we had different was that I went, if you're letting me take a guy in his prime, I went Julius Peppers. That's right, yeah. Because for the third straight time, another guy that can just absolutely manhandle any offensive lineman in the NFL and ruin games. So that's where I think I was slightly wrong on this one. Um Julius Peppers wasn't the guy who could play inside outside. He's a guy that's strictly outside, yeah. maybe outside linebacker. If he He's had a rusher, that right. Hundred percent. He's strictly a pass rusher on the outside percent. But still, you can put Cleo, or you can put JJ Watt, and you can put Aaron Donald inside outside. Yeah, They've both proven it, and it's insane. That is where we only difference because I also went with JJ uh, Watt, and I went with Aaron Donald, um, and I went with a guy who argue with me on this one all you want was an All Pro and a Pro Bowler. A defensive end for the Raiders, Cleo Mack. Yep. I, you give me Cleo yeah. Mack, JJ Watt, and Aaron Donald, your quarterback with that secondary I already have, you're not winning football games. Like, no, not just, at all. Not at all. <laughs> it's not happening. You're like, good luck with any time. Unless you have my offensive line that we come up with here, you're not. You don't have a chance unless you have Joe Thomas hopefully blocking. But I, I still think Cleo Mack, Aaron Donald, JJ Watt is the best three. And I would still take. And it's no offense to Bruce Smith, and it's no offense to Reggie White. I still think I'm taking Cleo Mack. And J.J. Watt. And that's not just recency bias. That's that's human evolution bias. I think Reggie White in this league would still dominate. But he's not going to be as dominant as a guy um, like as Cleo Mack. Mack. And again, this hurts my heart to not put Von Miller in this list. Because I believe Von Miller's a better player than Cleo Mack. And that's <laughs> maybe a little biased. Cleo Mack just takes over football games. Six foot three. 270 pounds. He's a guy that, coming out of Buffalo... He made a name for himself slowly mm-hmm. as he went into being a first-rounder. People were like, eh, you take this back. It's, he kind of played inside. He kind of played outside there as a middle linebacker and outside. Like, he didn't really have a true position. Everyone saw him a senior year ago. He's a pass rusher. This is a guy that gets to the football. Yeah. He gets picked in the first round because of it. And because of that, he's not only a defensive player of the year, his second year in the NFL. Um, he's a four-time Pro Bowler. Preach. Uh, he's a three-time All-Pro. His his tackles, outside linebackers, their tackles are never a great. But he's got 58 and a half career sacks yep. in seven seasons. This dude is a maniac, right? His in his forced fumbles, 19 forced fumbles. He's a guy, along with Vaughn Miller, that they go to that pastor's camp. The best of the best. 
J.J. Watt, Von Miller, and Cleo Mack have preached it. You don't tackle the quarterback, right? You don't sack the quarterback. You sack the football. Yeah, you go. They're after the guys the that go after the strips. And I would be really curious to see where Von Miller sits on that list as well. Just the force fumbles. It's it's one of those things that the sacks and force fumbles on top of it really really get to. Um, I'll see if Patrick look at Von Miller. I know he's not on the list. I want to see him real quick. Uh, but yeah, our line. I think you can't go wrong there. Julius Peppers is a guy that should be a Hall of Famer. Over his career, yeah. He, he needs Incredible to be a Hall of Famer. Um, and and he's got to have 126, 130 sacks he's in that range. We'll, have to find um, we'll get to him in a second. Yeah, Von Miller, 102, inter- or 102 sacks. He's the fastest, I think one of the four fastest guys to 100 sacks in his career. He's not having a great year. Um, 25 forced fumbles for Von Miller. The dude gets after the football. I think if Von Miller retired right now, Hall of Famer. As soon as down. as soon as he's eligible, he's walking in. He's a walk in Hall of Famer. He won the Super Bowl single handedly. He's, he's yeah, he's a Super Bowl MVP. He's a seven time Pro Bowler. Um, it's a shame to me he hasn't won Defensive Player of the Year, but I think it's and it's one of those weird things as a guy that uh, can you look up Julius Peppers, please, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> that's how we treat our producers around here with respect. Uh, he strikes us. It's okay. He's a guy that. It's weird to me that a guy is so popular in the media doesn't get the respect Von Miller doesn't get in the NFL. Uh, he hasn't won Defensive Player of the Year. He's lost it to um, Cleo Mack and J.J. Watt. Well, do you think it's similar to Drew Brees in that they just kind of expect it from him? They kind of expect it. They, you know? and Drew Brees is going to come out He puts up great numbers. So, yeah, right here. Uh, let's go talk about your other alignment real quick. 11 career interceptions for Julius Peppers. 79 pass deflections. That's what being tall... Uh, Julius Peppers is six foot seven, three hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. The dude was just—he's a freaking yeah. power forward slash center in the NBA, right? He can knock him down. Six defensive touchdowns, Julius Peppers, with a hundred and fifty-nine and a half sacks. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah. Julius Peppers deserves to be on that list. And the greatest Sunday Night Football name drop of all time, <laughs> Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's go to your strong suit. Uh, like I said, I love the list. I can't go wrong either way there. Um, I. Pretty positive you picked Cleo Mack regardless, and that's where you got me. I think my my line might be just a tiny bit better having Cleo Mack there, but your offensives, your 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 linebackers is a troop. My dude, yeah, my linebackers are disgusting. <sighs> I've got <laughs> arguably four of the greatest all time. <laughs> I, I I built my defense this way. My secondaries. Not as great as yours, obviously. Yeah, no. My D-line, I think we're about yeah, even we're about on even the there. D-line. But at linebacker, I, I built my defense around this group. First of all, at outside linebacker, I went with... Von Miller. Von Miller. He's walking into the Hall of Fame. I'll let you take that one over that's, if you want. That's my boy. Um, <laughs> as a Bronco, we talked about his stats, the 102 sacks, the, the forced fumbles... Um, he's only got two interceptions, whatever. He is not a guy that's outplaying the flats. He he's is strictly a he is strictly a quarterback attack man. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, he helped engineer the kind of the, the mentality of the strip sack with Khalil Mack and J.J. Watt, the best of the best to do that. Um, but, yeah, you put him with your, your other offensive line, your outside linebacker, and Khalil Mack, I want no part of that. Yeah, that's, it, it's a disgusting group. Uh, the two most destructive guys in the NFL right now on the defensive side of the ball. In my opinion, I agree. You could argue Aaron Donald is more destructive, but I'm taking. If I had to take either Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack Von Miller, it's one of those other two. Khalil Mack Von Miller. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're going to get to quarterbacks. You're going to decimate offensive lines. So what do you have on the inside then? What did you go with? Inside, I've got the greatest inside linebacker of all time in Ray Lewis. And I've got another guy who could have been one of the greatest inside linebackers of all time in Patrick Willis. You have to me. 
the greatest inside linebacker of all time and the second greatest inside <laughs> linebacker of all time. Patrick Willis was Ray Lewis 2.0. Um, the, turf to, the, the turf toe injury to me is one of the weakest like things. Like, oh, you had to retire from turf toe. I've never had it. But, man, when you stub a toe and you can't walk for like two days, yep. you're like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> like, I can't imagine. You have the two best inside linebackers in NFL history. Yep. Bar none. I don't care. Yeah, Patrick Willis, when he was playing, was absolutely disgusting. His ability to just make tackles. And they were grown just men. destroy people. Grown men attacking the football. And like I said, you definitely have me. Because my, my linebacking core, while they are all pros, while one of them is a Hall of Famer, maybe the other one, maybe one of them should be. Two of them definitely are not. Um, and that's nothing against them, against other players I had picked out there. I'm taking your linebacking core every day of the week. It's <laughs> just four. I mean, Patrick Willis will make the Hall of Fame eventually. He's oh, not a first yeah. ballot already. We've lost that chance. He's definitely going to make the Hall of Fame. Ray Lewis is a Hall of Famer. Von Miller is a Hall of Famer. Quinn Mack will make the Hall of Fame. Hands down. The only player on my list who makes the Hall of Fame maybe on my linebacker spot is is Terrell Suggs. The only one. Ball you. He's the only guy that... <laughs> Ball so hard university. He's the only one who maybe makes the Hall of Fame on this list. Oh, I guess Brian Urlacher is probably actually... Brian Urlacher is in the, the Hall, Hall of Fame, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's where I had my two outside linebackers, whereas Terrell Suggs, and a guy who does have 120-plus career... Sacks. He's yeah. not a slouch by any means. Um, he's a defensive player of the year at one point in time. He made plays. Terrell Suggs was a, was a beast. The other one I think is one of the weaker positions on my entire list up there with Adam Thielen, um, realistically, is Tomba Ali from the Chiefs. Um, but Tomba Ali was another guy. He had another like 80-some on sacks. He was a guy that... Tomba Ali was a force. He was. He wasn't the best outside linebacker in the NFL at any given time. He never was. But you could say, hey, if I had Tom Bali on one side of the ball, you weren't going to be upset. Yeah, of course. Right? If, you, if you reached into the list of guys that had Cleo Mack, Von Miller, J.J. Watt, and even Alden Smith, when Alden Smith was not crazy and was threatening to blow up <laughs> Before planes, it all fell apart. If you reached in that hat and you still pulled out Tom Bali, you were kind of like, oh, crap, I wish I had Von Miller. But you still got Tom Bali. <laughs> you still had a guy that, yeah, 89 and a half career sacks, 32 forced fumbles, 8 fumble recoveries, 2 interceptions, the five-time Pro Bowler in 11 seasons, that's not a bad career. Not a Hall of Famer. It's like Von Miller is a chocolate career. chip cookie. Tom Von Lee's no meal raisin. <laughs> <laughs> you still got a cookie. <laughs> you still got a cookie. Uh, and I think my other side, like I said, I, le- I let you kind of have Patrick Willis because I didn't want to grab him either. Yeah. Um, I went, you gave me Patrick Willis, I gave you Champion. <laughs> I went with the other half of what I personally believe is the best inside linebacking duo in NFL history, Patrick Willis and his counterpart, Navarro Bowman. Um, we all remember the Pickett Sticks. It's one of the greatest plays, one of the last plays in, in a candlestick. Um, Navarro Bowman was another what could have been that knee injury, kind of yeah. um, derailed his career. He went to the Raiders. He played for the Raiders for a little bit, had a decent, it wasn't, you know, was strong showing. He was never bad. Um, I think... If we can get some Navarro Bowman stats here in a second. Navarro Bowman. Yeah, you're looking at 800 career tackles, 14 sacks, 9 forced fumbles, uh, 6 fumble recoveries, 5 interceptions, yeah. 1 TD. 1 TD. He's about to be a multi-time Pro Bowler like 5 or 6 years, maybe 4. Uh, 3 Pro Bowls, uh, three, 4 NFL, sure. all Pro First Teams. Yeah, see, and he didn't play as long. And that's a guy who I'm fairly confident... Uh, he was drafted somewhat high. He was like a third or fourth round pick. Third rounder in 2010, um, yeah. But who was he drafted by? Because it wasn't San Francisco, was it? 
Oh, was it San Francisco? He yeah. was one of the guys I wasn't sure if he got cut by another team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he had a good career. Um, he's a guy that was another could-have-been player, the Calvin Johnson types. What could have been? If him and Patrick Willis had played 12 years together, it would have been not not just one or two Super Bowls if they had got another decent quarterback in there. That is the greatest, in my mind, still to this day, the six years I think they had together, six or five, five or six years they had together, the greatest inside linebacking duo in NFL history. I remember as a Saints fan fucking dreading hitting those playing those Niners teams. Well, they just oh. terrified of those Niners teams. You not only had on the outside a guy that my my uh, father of the, the brand, my dad <laughs> loves Justin Smith, one of the underrated players. Alden mm-hmm. Smith was there. You had Navarro Bowman. You had um, Patrick Wills. Uh, they had some other guys there on the outside that were really good. Those safeties. The safeties. Sean Woodson and... Um, for um, Deshaun Goldston and uh, uh, Dante Whitner. Dante Whitner. Absolutely Monsters. tore humans in half. They didn't have a good corner then, but they had... Oh, there was some fronts that were good. Um, yeah. Before we run out some more time here, my other guy, like I said, Brian Erlacher, uh another super underrated player. He's obviously in the Hall of Fame. He made it. Um, his career stats were outstanding, obviously. He makes the Hall of Fame. He's a guy that gets lost in the fray with a Patrick Willis... Uh, Ray Lewis, um, some other guys that just... His ability, the, the thing that gave him, for me, is the same thing that gets me with Ray Lewis, their ability to play through two, basically two eras of football. Oh, yeah. They played through the tough, gritty, run-heavy offenses, and they their bodies were put for that. And then they also played into the passing league that we have today. Oh, both yeah. Both of them were able to stay... Healthy. Healthy. They were both able to compete with these guys. Yeah, they were, they were two guys that... You know, like I say, if you look at if you look at Brian Urlacher, thirteen hundred and fifty four career tackles. He was a tackling machine. That's a uh, whole lot of hippies. Forty one and a half career sacks and twenty two interceptions. Like Brian Urlacher is a all time great linebacker. Really, yeah. Realistically, um, his numbers are better than and Navarro Bowman's and Patrick Willis. But this is a guy who played a long time. 13 years in the NFL. Like I'm saying, to, to be consistently great in the NFL for that long is nasty. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we left some players off this list, and that's that's where we, we come back to. And it, it hurts um, to see some players that we, we left off this list. Uh, our, our producer here <laughs> is throwing a stat at us. Probably another guy that could have made our list over some... I, didn't, I actually don't even know if I had a Raven on my list. Oh, I did. I had I had Suggs. I went outside linebacker, so it's worthless. I really wanted Ed Reed. If I was gonna double up and take two players off one team, it would have been Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. But I had to take the greatest linebacker of all time because, like I said, I was building my team yep. around that four. Um, that's a solid. I mean, Ed Reed, you've got to be what sixty plus interceptions, close to. I mean, he sixty four. Sixty four. Uh, uh, his sacks. Sixteen hundred interception return yards. Yeah, insane. What's his total touchdowns? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, nine touchdowns, six sacks, six hundred and fifty tackles. I'm rounding up, but yeah, it's alright. <laughs> uh, nine-time Pro Bowler, five-time first uh, NFL All-Pro first team. Yeah, and there are some players. One of the greatest safeties to ever. He's touch a Hall of Famer, obviously. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, well, there are some I'll players that didn't make this list that we forgot about, or we just. Other players, other positions we went with. Um, I'm still taking my secondary. I'm not taking out Troy Polamalu because I have to come up with Terrell Suggs as an outside linebacker. I had to have somebody at outside yeah. linebacker. Terrell Suggs had over 120 career uh, sacks. 
he's he was good enough to put an outside linebacker with Tom Bali and have a presence, right? I'll take Troy Polamalu every day of the week. Charles Woodson is the greatest defensive back of all time. Champ Bailey is the greatest corner of all time to me. I'm not going to push out Ed Reed. Um, Ed Reed's one of the greatest safeties of all time. See, and the only Hands thing down. I could have swapped, if I swapped Troy Polamalu and I got rid of Ray Lewis, I could have taken Luke Keekley. Yeah. And it's on linebacker, one of the greatest of our generation. Of our generation. But I'd be taking, yeah, getting rid of the greatest linebacker is, of all time. Yeah, it, it got ugly. It. That's where it was fun for this one, guys. Um, we're running short on time here. we got to break this pod up. Um, we're already pushing an hour and a half on this pod. It's the longest pod we've posted so far. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, got some great um, outside the quiet noise to, to Patrick over here. So if you if you do like the pod, um, Patrick's there for stats. He's the guy that's quiet in the background. Hopefully we'll get a voice one day on the pod. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, we love this. I think what we're going to do next time, uh, kind of on idea on the fly, I want to go over... The not-so-greats, I guess you would call them. They're all-time greats that don't get the love. We'll talk about the Frank Gores. We'll talk about the Steven Jackson. We'll talk about the Charles Timmons. We'll Donald talk about, Driver. We'll talk, <laughs> talk about Donald Driver. We'll, we'll talk about some of these guys that I think won't make the Hall of Fame, um, even though I do personally believe Frank Gore makes the Hall of Fame. Some of these guys that probably won't make the Hall of Fame ever that deserve to make the Hall of Fame their stats. Um, we'll go from there. Um, we'll push that pod out next week. Um, we're going to do a pod every Saturday. Um, we pushed two out for you this week because we missed last Saturday. Again, people being sick. My bad. Hot so, um, go ahead, give us a like, give us a follow as for the people football hashtag for the MF people. Um, give us a follow, guys. We appreciate it. Let us know if you in the comment sections if you did listen to this. Uh, any sort of difference you'd make doesn't matter who it is. If you personally believe that Patrick Willis doesn't belong on this list, or Vaughn Miller doesn't belong on this list, or if Champ Bailey don't come at me with Champ Bailey, but if you don't believe Champ Bailey belongs on this list, let us know. We'll go from there. We'll also, uh, we'll just post these lists. We might post a, a pick them, pick your squad yeah. out of the two squads that we put together. Yeah, we'll come uh, up with something. So Just interact with us as much as possible because we love hearing from you guys. We love your guys' ideas for the pod, and, and that's what it's all about. These are going to be streaming no matter what on Spotify, on Google Play, on Breaker, a couple other apps, um, including here on Acre. We're going to post these no matter what, so we're going to keep pushing these out there. We don't care if we get 300 episodes before somebody starts to fall in love with this. We're coming at you guys. So um, we appreciate it. We got to cut her off there. Um, for the people football, I'm Steven. This is Tyler for the motherfucking people. And Patrick, the silent producer. Thanks, guys.